It's time now for St. Mary Healthline. Your health is your most precious asset, and every Wednesday at 9 a.m., you can tune in for advice on how to better manage your health. Hear about important medical issues from the doctors and professionals across all service lines from St. Mary Medical Center. So without any further ado, it's time now for the St. Mary Healthline. And man, we got double barrel action today. Two guests in-house talking some really interesting stuff. St. Mary Healthcare Military and Veterans Healthcare Pilot Program. And on board with us all the way from Maryland, the good Dr. Greg Jola Saint. He's from uh, down in Baltimore area. And also Marie Schickler, who's an MBA administrative director at St. Mary's. And Marie, you've been here for here before. You've gone through this uh, route yep. before, and you have to do it again. I'm sorry. I, but. I couldn't <laughs> stay away. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but the topic is so exciting. And I tell you what, having the doctor or a colonel here, I don't want to be uh, directed. Are you more like Colonel Potter or Colonel Blake uh, from the MASH unit? Potter. Doctor? Potter. <laughs> <laughs> More philosophical, <laughs> to be sure, but an exciting program nonetheless. And what what brings you up here, Doctor, to get this thing rolling? So th- thanks for having yeah, me. Sure thing. Uh, first off, uh, it, it's exciting to be able to talk to you about the military and veterans health program that we have in Trinity Health, and we've rolled it out in Maryland and down on in the southern side of Philadelphia and Mercy Fitzgerald, and of course our partner right here in uh, Langhorne, Pennsylvania, St. Mary Langhorne. So. Yeah. Here in Bucks County. Yeah, and you've been uh, you obviously been doing this a long time. And is this fairly new, or has this been in the works? And finally, uh, finally, now the time has come, and now you have the the uh, the momentum behind you to do it. So, great, great question. About a year ago, I was still working in the VA, mm-hmm. um, and the person who conceived this idea of creating a military and veterans focus area for all of Trinity Health is the CEO down at Maryland, Brigadier General Van Coots, mm-hmm. now also retired Army. Mm-hmm. Um, he convinced Trinity Health that we needed to actually focus on this very uh, sensitive, at-risk population, because it isn't just the service member and the veteran who's at risk, it's the family members sure who are thing. at risk as well. And if we could take care of them in a culturally sensitive kind of way, we would be able to attract uh, patients who need the care that we are able to give. Right. And uh, it's been going on forever. I, can, I remember my, my dad came out the Veterans Administration was was run by Omar Bradley, uh, mm-hmm. five-star general, and trying to get things together. And Marie, what uh, your impression when uh, this came across the board? What were you thinking? Yeah, so this is pretty exciting. Um, I think this is, is an area of focus that has really been neglected for you know decades. And yeah. um, so, really, we've done a lot of cultural sensitivity training yeah. for for many populations, and this one has really um, been avoided or. Uh, alluded um and so um you know believe it or not there's lots of military personnel in healthcare um that still work in healthcare mm-hmm. and i think it's very exciting for the personnel that um work in these areas to um really um have an additional focus on these individuals because i think it's been lacking for so long mm-hmm. that um we've done a a disservice to, to that population. I don't know, but it could be that it's maybe lacking, but it just seemed never to seem to be able to take root. Maybe I mean they've tried and and failed, and maybe not that their their intentions were good, but mm-hmm. the outcomes weren't very good. Doctor J, do you think there's so, a great? So that? it's an interesting yeah. uh, perspective because I was the child of an Air Force officer, and when I moved home to Louisiana in the late '60s. 
they were still asking the question, are mm-hmm. you a military service member? Are mm-hmm. you a veteran? Are you the child of a veteran? Are mm-hmm. you the uh, spouse of a veteran? Well, one of the second and third order effects of all the bad political fallout of the Vietnam War was the health care system yeah. stopped asking. So now we have trained two generations of health care workers who don't know that we used to ask. And because we don't ask, we don't know the follow-on questions to ask right. when somebody tells us that they have served. Yeah. So the starting point is that cultural sensitivity training that Marie was talking about, and then knowing the right questions to ask when somebody tells you, yes, I've served, and oh, by the way, I've just returned from a deployment or I was a Vietnam-era veteran and I was exposed to Agent Orange. Cool. If you don't ask, they'll never tell you. Yeah, and also the the, the, the post-battle uh, fatigue fin- mm-hmm. syndromes and all the th- stuff that, that is, you know, which is, hey, it's not simple surgery. It's, it's a lot of collateral damage out there. And like you said, it, it does affect the families uh, right along the way. So it's, a, it's an all-encompassing kind of thing you're trying to tackle and it says serving you as you served uh, us and i think that's a pretty good uh, pretty good deal your background doctor you're, you said this you're sort of uh, up front there with the with the warriors and everything right. else so right I, I spent 28 years on active duty eight years in the reserves uh, i was a uh, family medicine doctor by training mm-hmm. but an operational medicine doctor by choice and mm-hmm. so i bounce back and forth between operational army units mm-hmm. uh, deploying downrange with them taking care of them taking care of their families uh, when we were in garrison and doing leadership positions in the concrete palaces of healthcare yeah. of the military yeah so that is all good and then you try to you try to implement your service as well as your expertise in trying to put the program together there has to be a certain amount of goals and mission statements that go along with that right uh, right doctor a- absolutely so yeah, Marie talked about that cultural sensitivity training. Mm-hmm. So trying to find someone who actually does that turned out to be a bit of a um, challenge. Yeah. Uh, we did find somebody who had about an 80% solution for us, a company called Warrior Centric Health. We... Wow. Um, we asked them to modify the training, and they did. And they brought in uh, to what they had already had some things that you may have heard about. For instance, we've got now uh, many thousands of service members who've been exposed to the fire pits mm. of Iraq and Afghanistan. A lot of people don't know, unless they've watched 60 Minutes or one of the other news documentaries yeah. on TV, uh, that we did we don't haul trash out of Afghanistan or Iraq mm. or now Syria. We burn it in place. Mm. And so we have a lot of service members who not only had their uh, place that they slept close to those fire pits, in the early stages before we had contractors in theater, they were sitting there with a 10-foot pole keeping the fires going. Mm. So we had plastics burning in there, boots, old uniforms, you name it, everything was burned. Well, now we have a bunch of service members who have lungs that aren't the same as they were before they deployed. Some of them more severe than others, but there's current literature that's coming out now that tells us that Mm. this burn pit issue uh, that the VA now has a registry for is probably going to be the Agent Orange of this generation. Right, yeah. This is sort of like a MASH meeting uh, uh, China Beach over here, right? So kind of the same thing. Uh, uh, Marie, at the same time, you have to get the program up and running, coordination, the networking at St. Mary's, and the uh, the teamwork. That is going to be so vital when this, just like in anything you do, try to 
get all the gears to mesh and to get it off the ground, right? Right. I mean, so if you think St. Mary has about 2,000 employees, right? Yeah. So um, there's a wide range of individuals that um, these individuals come into contact with. And yep. so we've currently trained about 400 of our colleagues um, Good. Um, in this training and still, you know, still are get moving forward um, yeah. with the program. And it's so vital because as... Uh, as, as um, We've mentioned it is, you know, ever-changing, our health care, right? And so um, what, you know, was pertinent 10 years ago is, is so different now. And the services out there are changing. And everybody needs to really be kept informed so we can provide the best health care for these individuals. Well, right? if you can negotiate traffic in Brooklyn, you can do this. <laughs> so, <laughs> Absolutely. So, Absolutely. At the same time, but it's always easier said than done. And I know you're probably going to have a few... Uh, moments there where well, what do we do from here but I think they're going to give you plenty of room my right, doctor to to literally operate to get it going and you're in that Johns Hopkins area which uh, you know it's almost the hub of a lot of medical research and things like that so th- there is a, a lot of medical DC. research that goes on in the Baltimore area and as mm-hmm. you said Hopkins is one of the places um, so this is not medical research so this mm-hmm. is actually uh, taking the best practices that are out there and employing them with the service members, with the veterans, with the family members that are living in Bucks County and anybody who's here vacationing and decides Mm -hmm. to use St. Mary Mm -hmm. as an emergency room. Mm -hmm. And by having this cultural sensitivity training, by having people ask the right questions from the first question Mm -hmm. in the emergency room or the first question in the outpatient clinic or the first question in same-day surgery, we are now discovering that probably 3% of our patients are already either in the military, in the reserves, in the guard, are a veteran, or a family member. And now we can take care of them even better than we used to before. We were already delivering quality care Mm -hmm. in a safe manner, but now we can do it in a sensitive manner because we understand that this patient who's experiencing a lot more anxiety than they used to and is in our emergency room or is in the perioperative area before they go in for same-day surgery, by asking the right questions, we find out, well, the reason they're having more anxiety than normal is because just two weeks ago, their spouse deployed. And now they've got all the responsibilities of the household. They've got three kids who are in between school semesters. They're trying to figure out the daycare, getting their own personal issues taken care of in the health care system sure. at the same time. By knowing all that information, we can really put all the resources in place to support that person and that family unit. Yeah, one of the things is you, there's a lot of change, but you want a, you want a constant point that you can point to. And we are talking to Dr. Greg Jolasaint, uh, coming up from Maryland, and Marie Schickler, and they are getting together for the St. Mary Healthcare Military and Veterans Healthcare Program, and more in a moment. Imagine stopping deadly heart attacks and strokes with a tiny patch the size of a coin. Imagine replacing and repairing 40 heart valves through a two-inch incision. Imagine correcting irregular heartbeats with radio frequency energy. St. Mary Medical Center heart specialists solve the most complex cases with advances never before imagined. For a physician referral, call 1-844-7-ST-MARY. St. Mary Medical Center. It's your health. Expect more. 
Elegant ambiance, sophisticated decor, award-winning Italian cuisine and wine. Davio's Northern Italian Steakhouse. Located in the historic Provident Bank building in Center City, Davio's is a Best of Philly Award winner. Executive chef David Boyle creates seasonal dishes as well as signature favorites such as the Davio's Natural Prime Brand Beef Steaks, award-winning veal porterhouse, fresh seafood, and handmade pastas. Davio's, 111 South 17th Street in Philadelphia. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. And we are loaded for bear today, excited to be talking to Dr. Greg Jola Saints and Marie Schickler and talking about veterans and programs and implementation and and uh, you're off to a good start, Doctor, as far as uh, you're encouraged by uh, some of the early work that you're doing. We, we, we really are. We yeah. really think this is going to make a huge difference. Mm. One, we, we feel like not only are we going to be able to take better care of the patients that we're already seeing, the military service members, their families, and the veterans and their families, but because we don't really care who your insurance carrier is, we can see everybody. Mm. You know, the the veterans who get all or most of their care at the VA, they are the only ones who can be seen at the VA. Their Mm -hmm. family members can't. Um, You know, military service members, especially the active duty service members, tend to be restricted about using outpatient services or surgical services. But the good news is, is in this area, because the military doesn't really have hospitals and same-day surgical capabilities, they tend to send their patients out. Mm. Well, guess what? I know veterans. I know military service members. When the word gets out that they understand They're us, on it. Yeah. they yeah. treat us with dignity and respect and compassion. I, I, I don't need a yeah. bazillion dollars worth of marketing materials. Yeah. Word of mouth is what's going to bring the patients. Yeah, to us. and they, and also they're they're so the, the research and development as uh, their impressions and how things are going and what needs to be improved. And that's uh, we're all in the surveys today, patient surveys and things like that right. and feedback, and that can guide you a, as well. And uh, you you live on that too, right? Service, right. Uh, patient service, and always trying to you know the nursing profession has changed so much as well in all the years. Uh, of of uh, that you've been in been in the business too. Yeah, yeah, and I have to say this this area of um, training. Mm. I don't. We don't even teach that in in no. nursing schools. Mm. No. And so I think that as this evolves, we have more and more opportunity to educate and to train individuals. And it's so 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 important. Um, as the good doctor said. We don't even know the implications. You know, we think of a person as a veteran and we honor their service to the country. But the implications of what the environment was when they were serving and what how that can affect their health care. And then the family, um, what are the services the family needs? And um, and that's so important. Sometimes we're treating the patient and the family eludes us. And this is a way to treat the whole. Yeah. and uh, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, years ago they would try to shield. Uh, I just think they were doing the uh, didn't want to bring any more hurt or pain on them. But no, the information is out there. And I could say from personal experience is that now we have surgery centers, urgent cares, we have navigators, assistants, and all this stuff going on. And somehow we have to make it all work. But it does. Mm-hmm. And if, and I can tell you, having hip replacement surgeries, you go, you walk out of there with a, like a dossier, like war and peace, all this information you need to know where to go for rehab and all the other stuff. You have a lot of different components, 
and a lot of people working together to do that. So you have to be encouraged about how difficult it is, doctor. But it can be delivered. You can deliver the. You can deliver the mail. You can it absolutely can be delivered because. You know, hospitals like St. Mary Langhorne and Mercy Fitzgerald um, in, in Darby, Pennsylvania, they have the, the quality, they have the expertise, and they have the access that's going to allow us to deliver on the yep. promise. Um, so, you know, the several hundred thousand military service members, veterans, and family members living in the Bucks County, Philadelphia area, they are part of that 22 million service members who have kind of those invisible wounds of war. You know, mm. We know from the Vietnam era, we called it post-traumatic stress. Unfortunately, yep. it took us a couple of de- decades before we even created that diagnosis or developed a treatment for it. Now, from this war, we have traumatic brain injuries. We have people who've been exposed to blast injuries. They didn't have their skulls blown open, but they had recurrent concussions. And Hearing loss is typi- another one, too. Yeah, yeah. Typical, typical service members, you don't want to tell anybody you're hurting. You don't want to tell anybody you're having a little trouble thinking clearly. You don't want to tell anybody you're having trouble remembering because you don't want to let your buddies down. And then there's always the fear of losing your security clearance. So eventually, these service members are going to realize, I need help, and we want to be there for them. Yeah, the family connection, too. Uh, a lot of times, they try to you try to reconnect uh, re, uh, and it's very difficult, and it's a lot of a lot of counseling that goes with that. It was great before, but how come it's not now? And you're you're dealing with that kind of component as well, and you have to you have to try to implement that in your treatment as well. Try to bring everybody along. Uh, it, uh, the policy of inclusion, I think you're you're, you're working you're, on, right? You're absolutely right. The first six months after a, a deployment are the most critical six months. That's when we see people really having difficulty dealing with the post-traumatic stress or even what is now called the moral injury of doing something when you were deployed that you now can't quite deal with that you're back. Right. Um, Because we are able to take care of families, we can see them as a family unit. We identify it in the emergency room. We identify it in the perioperative area for same-day surgery. We identify it in the outpatient clinic. And then we bring the family together for that therapeutic intervention and see them as long as it takes to bring them to a point of complete functionality. Right. Uh, If anybody's ever seen the deer hunter, you could probably, you need to talk to somebody after that. You've seen that. And you could probably identify with some of the things there doctor and and marie at the same time it's it's uh, trying to uh, i need to unload some kind of burden but i don't even know where to do it and and it's it's not that you know if you can do that and go a pla- uh, go to a place that can be welcoming yeah that's that's a good thing the, the psychological part of it absolutely the yeah. the the patient who's in the emergency room who's having an escalating amount of anxiety mm-hmm who's having that because they're withdrawing from drugs or they're just having difficulty dealing with their boss at work Mm -hmm. is very different from the service member or the family member of a service member Mm -hmm. who's in the emergency room dealing with anxiety and the pressures of life associated with military service. You're going to treat those two people very, very differently. Absolutely. Yes, we're talking to Dr. Greg Jolis-Saint and with Marie Schickler at St. Mary's. The health line continues in a moment here on BCB. Imagine stopping deadly heart attacks and strokes with a tiny patch the size of a coin. Imagine replacing and repairing 40 heart valves through a 2-inch incision. Imagine correcting irregular heartbeats 
with radio frequency energy. St. Mary Medical Center heart specialists solve the most complex cases with advances never before imagined. For a physician referral, call 1-844-7-ST-MARY. St. Mary Medical Center. It's your health. Expect more. Philadelphia's landmark jewelry store since 1906 is Rosnoff Jewelers, located at 320 York Road in nearby Jenkintown. Rosnoff Jewelers is proud to have the largest selection of fine diamonds and custom fine jewelry that has customers from all over the region visiting them. Whether it's buying, selling, or appraising fine jewelry, Rosnoff Jewelers has been proudly serving the Delaware Valley for over 100 years. Rosnoff Jewelers, contact them today at 215-885-4218. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. All right, we've been talking off and on and on and off, and we've been excited about uh, the St. Mary Healthcare Military and Veterans Healthcare Pilot Program, so much so that we got Dr. Greg Jolisane, who made the commute all the way up from Maryland, to get excited about it, Marie Schickler from St. Mary's, uh, St. Mary's Health Center, and things have been, say, uh, been, have a lot of potential, and do you see it uh, uh growing and others will be coming on board doctor i know it's maybe getting a little ahead of ourselves here but uh, do you no, see that, do you see some fine. recruitment problem here the, the reason why we're having these pilots is not the typical sort of thing where mm-hmm. you do a pilot when you do a pilot you see if it's going to work and you mm-hmm. decide are we going to go any farther yeah this pilot is not one of those pilots. Okay. This pilot is designed to identify the best practices and the, and the business processes that need to be followed so that ultimately we expand this to hopefully 94 hospitals in the Trinity Healthcare System. Wow, you're building the foundation here. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, it's kind of like you know, the, the commercial of the building the plane while it's flying yep. sort of thing. There's some things that we're doing. For instance, St. Mary already had a great volunteer program that honored veterans. And, and I'll let Marie talk a little bit more about that, the blanket program and the STAR program that they have. But as we are doing this, what we're finding is that the VFW and the American Legion and the Vietnam Veterans of America and and the Marine Corps League, these guys are going, gee, can we participate? Can we be volunteers? Can we help you take care of veterans and service members? And so while we're while we're building this plane in flight, we're getting some more passengers on the plane. Yeah, trying to get the Semper Fi thing going in the military thing uh, as as well, and some of them, and the veterans something they would like to be proud of, something they can and, and fellow veterans with the mm-hmm. something they can uh, can lock into, something a shared experience too, and and a, and a lot of times they have a lot of support groups and things like that as far as the whole military experience, you know, the right. brother band of brothers kind of thing, and that's. Uh, it's something you really can't uh, put a price tag on, can you, Doctor? Right, you really can't. And yeah. and like Marie said, we you know we don't even teach the nursing yeah. profession about yeah. this anymore. And anybody who thinks that doctors take care of patients have never mm. been a patient on, on a nursing unit. Nurses <laughs> take care of patients. Doctors pop in and out and give nursing orders. Um, but the, it's the nurses that take care of the patients. So by arming them with the knowledge and the tools that they need to deliver. Mm-hmm. culturally competent, compassionate care to that veteran, to that service member, we're not only doing the nursing staff a mm-hmm. service, we're doing that veteran a service. And so, 
And then identifying the, the employees who are also veterans. When you have a patient who's having a bad day and you find out he's a veteran, you take that employee who understands the military, and that employee goes in and sits with that veteran and sits with that military service member and probably talks them down off the ceiling without having to use any kind of pharmacology to do it. Yeah. I, I can't imagine Arlie Ermey maybe doing this, but, uh, <laughs> you know, hard nose, you know, for a full metal jacket and stuff like that. Yeah, sometimes it takes a lot of hard decisions, and you have to be decisive in in your in your program too. I, I think you probably being for your career in the military, it's it's decision making and sticking to it and sticking to the plan, right? The battle plan. Right. So, what I've discovered compared to the military in the civilian healthcare system is. The civilian healthcare system just wants to get used to the idea before they actually do anything. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's a nerve. Here. And so, one of one of the things that we like to call them forcing functions in yeah. the military is we we actually meet as a group. All the pilot sites meet once every three months yeah. to track progress. Well, more than anything else, that's okay. We got to do this, guys. Let's let's make sure that. We're at least meeting the minimums. Mm. Even the and and the exciting thing is, is that the pilot sites are doing so much more than the minimums. They're so excited to be doing this. And what's interesting is, is oftentimes the senior leaders of an organization are the ones with all the hesitation and trepidation. The employees are like, "This is great. Yeah. We need to do this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but you're know, the top down. You get all the you get a lot of heat there. But that's the you have to go have to trust the as they say, trust the process a little bit. And be a little bit bold about what you're doing, and I, I just I, I just see it as a, the program is like you said you're pretty conf- you're pretty confident about this. You could just tell that that has to that is an impression that you have to have. Yeah, we got a lot of potential here. It's time we put it into action, and then maybe it'll be a model for the next one and the next one to build upon that. I think there's a you have to have a kind of a a uh, short range and a, uh, a long range program, doctor. Absolutely. So, yeah. what we've noticed down in Maryland is that so the di- the difference between Pennsylvania and Maryland, the, the physicians in Maryland are all in private practice or in group practice. Most mm. of the physicians up here are actually employed by either St. Mary or by Mercy. But what we're finding down in Maryland is is it's all of a sudden it's a competition. Ooh, I want that training. I want to take care of those yeah, patients. Yeah. I want to do it better than my partner. I want to do it better than the other group. Yeah. And I want to be able to deliver that culturally competent care. And I want to be a member of a team in the hospital. And I, as part of this interprofessional team, we want to be able right. to really take good care of these patients. Maria, you've been in nursing for quite some time, and right. one of the, one of the function is, is to recruit the next wave of nurses and your, your experience, and not only that, just like the doctor, next wave of, of doctors. And do you see the, the like-minded, or uh, is it a different kind of process now than it was when you became a nurse mucho years ago? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, okay. recruiting the next wave, you're now in the teaching sure. phase of wh- right. what you do. Absolutely. Very different. I'm yeah. old. So, um, yeah, so it was very, very different. A um, lot more um, training coming yeah. out um, once you became a nurse. Um, when I became a nurse, you kind of learned as you went along. Um, mm. Now there's programs in place. So, you know, the great thing is about this training will continue. It's not like a one and done. It yeah. is going to be embedded into um, the onboarding of 
uh, when you are employed by St. Mary, so that this will continue. It won't be a passing fay where you know yeah. we're going to do it today and and forget about it tomorrow. And so, and that's how healthcare should evolve, right? So once we identify the path that we need to go down, um, we continue and we enhance it. And um, absolutely, yeah. um, and I think that this generation craves for this kind of. Um, training yeah. and sensitivity and they want to know this stuff and you don't learn it in school right and the backlog of uh, efficiency too and you're trained for that and you probably took a lot of surveys doctor about why you know wh- what went wrong how come we had backlogs how come we can't get the treatments how come we can't seem to move the process along we've got all the resources how come we're bogged down i mean that had to that had to gnaw at you a little bit Right. So, so yeah. as we talked earlier, yeah. you know, I spent three years in the VA before yeah. I came to Trinity Health, and I can tell you that you know the Phoenix incidents mm. created quite the storm yes. uh, throughout the country, but it also finally um, let some resources loose from Washington yeah. D.C. There's to no the denial VA. anymore now, right? Yeah. Well, and. and it, but most of the hospitals in the VA, what they did was they took those resources and spent them on primary care. So mm. now primary care access is pretty good in the yep. VA. But the thing we all need to understand is that there's only about 9% of veterans that actually get all or most of their mm. care in the VA. The other 91% of them are kind of like me. They're yep. employed. They have private insurance. They get their care in the community. And so if you can do that in a culturally sensitive manner, they're going to quit going all over the place for their care and they're going to come to where they feel respected they're going to come where they feel welcome Mm -hmm. and also you could possibly as you get the tentacles out there centralize everything it's sort of if somebody veteran was traveling they could it's Mm -hmm. it's very portable at the same time you're talking about access universal wherever you we already may be uh those are the those are the, the great things that you'd be shooting for. And and that's that's the idea. We have a you know website and the website is connected to all three of our mm-hmm. pilot sites. So if you are traveling and you generally get your care at St. Mary Langhorn, but you happen to be down in Maryland, you can open up that website and you say, Oh, yeah. I've got this Holy Cross place down in Silver Spring yeah. and another one in Germantown. So to revisit the what you're trying to do, one of the, the catchphrases is cultural competency. Uh, what is uh, let's just explain that uh, sure. to our listeners. Understanding the military understanding the difference between the people who serve, who wear a uniform at some point in their life and in their career, understand the kind of exposures that they have when they're deployed, understand what it means to be exposed to explosions in closed rooms or convoys that get blown up. See death. Yeah, Yeah. understand what it means to see things that you can't deal with. And and so a lot of this is experiential learning. We get real live service members, real live veterans who are sharing their stories and sharing the impact that it's had on their lives and on the lives of their family members. And you find that the uh, there's probably a lot of support groups uh, going along with that. I can kind of see that as well, trading experience and knowledge and experience, right, to, to do that. And that's one of the things yeah. that the VA really is good at. But when you live as far away from you know, yeah. Philadelphia VA as you as we are out here in Bucks County, you're yeah. not looking for to drive to downtown Philadelphia not not to mention find a parking place. Yeah, <laughs> you want something yes. here at St. Mary, and so that's what we're doing. Is is we're we're figuring out exactly okay. What do we need to support this population? What 
knowledge and information do our social workers need to connect these people with the with the Bucks County resources? And what do we need to create right here at St. Mary that's going to take care of this population? Yeah, the potential is definitely there when you see the way the urgent cares work and the primaries and the specialists, and you see all the different navigators now and assistants and technicians, and it's become a it's become almost come literally coming an army coming right at you but when it's all said and done yeah you're you're getting what you're you signed up for and you get good results and everything else and the yeah the the coalescing or whatever you want to call it the cohesion yeah that's sometimes missing but it doesn't look that way anymore it it seems uh, it seems like there's more but it's better it really well, there, is. There's a lot of resources out there for veterans. If if, if you want to mm-hmm. just spend all day looking at websites, just punch yep. in the word veteran and hit hit search. Yep. It doesn't matter what search engine you want. And you'll be there all day looking at the thousands and thousands of organizations that are out there to do this. But we think that what we have created is something that's going to be uh, connecting veterans yeah. connecting service members connecting their families with what they really need yeah and I, that's yeah that's uh, easier said than done but it, it seems like a lot of the a lot of the momentum is in place so the information is seems to be coming uh you know, more if more uh say more agencies sign up there then you've got the, a bigger a bigger pool to work with and you're sort of in that uh sort of that recruiting process as well sort of getting everybody in on it and you and you got and you you believe in what you're we're doing. The belief is there, and and you're confident that things can be delivered and get done for the veteran. We we absolutely do believe in what we're doing. You know, one of the things, yeah, obviously in civilian health care, you always worry about the mm. cost of care. Mm. It's not an insignificant amount of money that's paid towards training our colleagues, but we think that that investment is worth it because yeah. it's going to help us deliver the kind of care that these service members need. Right, and uh, yeah, the the more is better, and you have a, a lot more options out there and yeah in the military they're excited about something that they can really be a part of and mm-hmm. it's feel like and they feel like it's for them and Absolutely. and that's uh that's also a good feeling too and they know it when they walk in the door yeah you know, when you walk in the door at saint mary you, know, you get out of the garage the first thing you see are the five military service flags loud and proud yes in in the lobby welcoming you to St. Mary. That's right. Same thing at Mercy Fitz. Thank you for the service and your service, and and that's the way it's going to be. So the website, just uh, like you say, veteran, but there's something they can really get to when they get to the heart of the matter. What do they do? Um, What they'll see is that it it explains Mm -hmm. the program to them, and then after it explains the program to them, there's a list of... The yep. pilot sites, and they can go to the one that's nearest them and see what what they have to offer. I think the nearest site is Marie, right? Marie's that's phone, right. I think. St. Mary yes. Langhorne. <laughs> but if you're in the nursing profession, the, the phones are always open, and that's yes, the that's way right. we have yes. it here. We never shut them down. And then, uh, you know, with the St. Mary's, and you're you're encouraged by what you're seeing here at St. Mary's as well, too. Very, right? very much so. The like yeah. I said, the employees are excited. They are energized to take care of this population of patients. And you know, in the year 2018, that's the buzzword: population. Population, population yep. Well, this is a subpopulation that really is different, that needs to be treated differently, that yep. needs to be managed differently. They cannot be treated like everybody else. You got it. Hopefully, down the road, we get a chance to do this again real soon and see where we, where you are and where we're going uh, with the program. So We'd love to do that. Dr. Greg Jolasaint, he's a retired colonel, U.S. Army, and uh, vice president of Trinity Health, and Marie Schickler who's uh, been with St. Mary's for quite some time. 13 years. 13 years, and now embarking on a, on a new program here with the Healthcare Pilot Program and pretty exciting stuff going on. Absolutely. And we get a, we get a chance to talk about it on the St. Mary Healthline, Wednesdays at 9 o'clock here on WBCB.